We've decided to go back to the top five this time around. Ditching a movie and going for more of a top five list between us this time. Is it a top five? Well, no. It's a it's a <laughs> bottom five. It's the worst, the five worst movie villains. Yes. In our mind. And that comes from both horror and action films. Mm-hmm. Jared has just assaulted my nose with a um a nasty fucking bum cake. Just to kick just to give the uh the room a touch of ambience and probably sort of hitting the, the rules of these bad villains. Is that well, you've correct? just gone and shattered all the illusions that anyone had about us being classy individuals because I'm sure that's that's what everyone was well, thinking. Well anyone who's listened to this podcast realizes we're not class High individuals. class gentlemen. High class gentlemen Yeah, let's not go into it. Because it could put peel back some layers that no one needs to know about. Just before we get into our our five what do you consider a good villain? What are you looking for in a good villain? Oh, I don't know. Don't really know until I see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is there something? Is there anything at all that you expect? Not really from a good villain. I don't think so. Me personally, not really. I'll, I'll, I'll run with it. But I probably expect a, a half decent acting performance for starters. Yeah, that would that can always help. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you've seen sort of so many and varied. I know, you, I know, you've probably got one that includes a, a decent plan because I know some of your least favourite movie villains have had half baked plans. Yeah, I do like a good plan. The other thing I do like, especially for action films, is a worthy adversary. He's got to be sort of on the level with our hero mm. almost. You've got to feel that there is a dynamic there where they're kind of almost. Equals, yeah, and and they're they're just sort of fighting out to see who's going to top. Well, see, that's I mean, that's uh, that can come in many forms because mm. you see, it can be physical equals, or yeah. you can see something like Die Hard, where it's just you know he's a swami, yeah, brains behind the operation. So, yeah, there's there's many different angles you can take, and you, you know most of them can work if done right. done correctly. The ho- horror is a bit of a different, a more difficult kettle of fish, I think. Because who knows? Like Jason Voorhees is a silent, a mute, mute killer with his face covered, yeah. and yet Same for some Michael. reason he he took off. You know, it, it it struck a struck a chord. There was you know so, something about these characters. Maybe it's because they they're almost seen as heroes in these movies. Yeah, you know they're not necessarily the villain. Yeah, I actually think part of that's part of what we've seen in horror is the reason that the the ghost movies are pretty popular at the moment is mm. because we've kind of defined what we like from a horror movie villain but in in that sense it's been copied so many times that it's hard to see anything fresh so in the ghost movies it's just kind of like let's come up with something creep creepy make them look creepy yeah. have a few jump scares and there you go you know they're kind of doing away with any of the trying to come up with something totally and, and, and they, they, they usually just come up with this sort of seedy backstory that, that where this this ghost came from yeah and there you go it's, it's all sort of it's all tailor-made and, and perfect for the villain is is not given it you know like a personality so to speak yep um certainly you look at something like insidious or um conjuring you know that, that were just sort of these ghosts just sort of slip in and out and it's very simple to to create that villainous persona without any extra trappings yep as I said before, you know, your Jason Voyage, your Michael Myers, they sort of became heroes. 
um, as the series, the franchises went on. And so you went to a Jason movie to watch Jason kill the teenagers. That was essentially your your enjoyment level out of it. So he, that, I think that's part of the reason why those guys became very successful. Same with Freddy. Yep. These five villains that we've picked, not so successful. No. I think we'll get our, our first one out of the way is one that we both had on the list. Yeah. It's probably on everyone's list. <laughs> we talked about this character briefly in another podcast some months ago. But Mr. Freeze. All right, everyone. Chill. Yeah. From Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, this is a bad mix of everything. Disgrace. Um, oh, go. <laughs> go Disgrace. Usually I'm not pointing the finger at the actor that often because I'm thinking they didn't really get much to work with. But this is all the actor. This oh, doesn't work. I wouldn't say all. It's a lot it, of it. it. It's kind of like, you know... They already laid out this this absolute rubbish to work with and Arnie laid another pile of rubbish on top of it. It was like the double-decker turd. You know, somebody laid a turd, put some paper over it, someone else came in and, and did another one. Arnie came in and did another one. Basically, that's what, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, and everything about it, from the shitty quips to the, just the, uh, uh, the dialogue's awful, the the way he looks is awful, yeah. everything about it just does not work, and, and par- I mean, partially because of the whole neon aesthetic they gave the movie. Yeah, and this one's even a, worse. I mean, this one's a double kick in the, kick in the nads for me, <laughs> because I am, you know, I am a Batman fan, I'm a big Big fan of the Batman animated stuff where they sort of took the bones of this one from. Mr. Freeze is probably sneakily one of my favourite Batman villains. Yeah. And they just got nothing right. They took the sort of they took the story that had been used to kind of reinvent this character and just took, you know, the basic elements of it and then laid on bad quips, um, singing the jingle about, you know, he's Mr. White Christmas. That still plays in my head as like a traumatic sort of God. nightmare. Him singing, you know, he's oh. Mr. White Christmas. <laughs> um, special mention, um, mention dispatches from that movie also goes to Bane. Yeah. We did bring this up again in, that, in the previous podcast. And Bane, not necessarily because he's a villain of any substance in this movie, because he's not, but... Just ridiculous. The whole idea. <laughs> no. Honestly, the whole idea of Bane in this movie is just fucking stupid. Being semi sort of created by, you know, a, a mad scientist. Was it steroids? Yeah, yeah, Venom. The mad scientist. Remember in the movie he actually did have kind of, you know, long frizzy. Yeah, hair. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. It was terrible. <sighs> All right. Okay. Jared, what's your first one on your list? First one on Other the than list. Mr. Freeze. So really your second. So Mr. Freeze kind Mr. of sneaks, Freeze sneaks in under the action banner. Yep. Action sort of, we've already defined that we think superhero movies are action movies. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So <clears throat> um, I'm going to go back to horror. There's a lot to pick from from horror, but this is a very personal list. This is personal experiences. Okay. The Creeper. <laughs> now, 
Me and you both watched Jeepers Creepers together a long time ago. We both kind of had the same sort of feelings as this is not very good. But I think I might have gone a little bit deeper. Well, yeah. I remember saying it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I was being kind. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, I've come across a lot of people of of sort of shared interest in horror movies over the years that love Jeepers Creepers. Mm. And so I think in a way that has kind of heightened my dislike <laughs> for the movie and the character because I just think, no, what are you seeing? What are you yeah. seeing here? Because there's nothing there. At first, early on when we were watching the movie, I thought, oh, this is, you know, this this could be all right, this, this creeper sort of character. As it went along, no. Yeah. Pro- probably got to do with the movie as well. I just found that nothing happened in the movie so many things about it were on the nose. Yeah. Um, you know, the, oh, the song. and <laughs> What is it about with me and songs? It's Jesus like your love of, has, your uh, love of um, you know, body bodies of water. of water. I've got a hatred of songs. Look, songs in there. Jeepers, Jeepers Creepers was a bad movie, but the Creeper was, was he was just inconsequential. He, at no stage do you feel any sort of interest in the, that character. Yeah. Again, it is a, I believe, a mute he yeah. doesn't say anything. No. I don't believe he says anything. Where's a coat? He's got a face like a vagina. Yeah, where's a, where's a coat? But he's got wings too. Yeah. He? Well, yeah, sometimes you've got to hide that shit around. That's a bit silly. If you need a, if you need a quick takeoff. <laughs> it's, like it's like still having your fucking um, your coat hanger stuck in your yeah. shirt. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just got nothing from the character. I didn't think it looked all that scary. Mm. Uh, I thought the best part was when you didn't actually know what it was and it was just kind of... It was dumping in bodies that, in that barrel, remember, yeah, and they yeah. drive past. And, and it it's had got the, the hat, hat on. on and everything and you kind of saw that it maybe wasn't quite human. That was all right up until that, up until the cover was blown. <laughs> Where the cover was blown, nah. Yeah. Nah, everything nah. about that I just didn't, I didn't find anything particularly interesting about it. It was kind of a nothing villain. Yeah. Uh, and that's a, that's a bad sign in any horror film. Yeah. Your villain's got to be reasonable. And I just, I kind of still watch that movie and I sort of think, tell me what happens. What happens? <laughs> nothing. Nothing Maybe happens. And the other thing, the other Creepers thing, too. can I just ask why, like, he comes out every 23 years, I think it was. Surely, you know, people are seeing a pattern there or was people there know about it. Was there an eclipse or some lock shit? Your, lock your doors every 23 years. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember Was there an eclipse of some kind? Yeah. Um, Haley's comment. But he Something just like seemed, that. again, it seemed to be one of those kind of... Um, one of those sort of barriers that would have been pretty easy to dodge if you... Yeah. Anyway, but... Yeah, okay, fair enough. Creeper. Fair enough. No um, good. I, my, my next one is also from a horror series from somebody who probably should know better, um, Wes Craven, who has put together some very good horror villains in his time with Freddy Krueger, obviously, and um, Ghostface. He can sink, though. He can sink. It has sunk a few times. My soul to take. Mm. Did you ever see that one? Yeah. Oh, I think I, shit. Did I? Yeah, that wasn't. I think good. I did. Maybe I didn't. That missed the list. Mm. <laughs> but the one I'm talking about is a a movie from I think it was the early nineties or late eighties called Shocker, where he created a new villain by the name of Horace Pinker. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Terrible name to start with. Yeah, the whole idea of the character it's the was he, a stinker, funnily enough. Yeah, don't, <laughs> yeah, no, so, no, um, <laughs> no coincidence. Coincidence is there? The idea was he was a serial killer, and 
uh, he got caught and he went to the electric chair and it kind of kind of got reborn through electricity. Yeah. And he could move through the electrical circuits and everything. It's just shit. It was. Honestly, just shit. And my biggest problem with it was it was basically Craven trading, trying to find Freddy Krueger again. It was it was yeah. an effort, a really, really concerted effort to make another Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I think it was. I think it's... And it backfired. It's kind of been documented now that I, I guess he was trying to find... He was trying to, you know, catch that lightning in a bottle again, pardon the pun. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just... I mean, even down to it's sort of... Seems like when you when you look at the premise, it almost seems like he's going. Well, we had this really good idea about you know a, a stalker that, that a slasher that stalks you in your dreams. Mm. So what's something else that you might not be able to get away from? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. electricity. Oh, that sounds good. It's it even you know you think you, you see the premise and you can almost see him thinking that. Yeah. How do we take that same thing we did with Freddie and do it somewhere else? The template is sort of he's dusted off the Freddie template and then gone right. Okay, we'll not, mix and match. We'll take some, we'll change some things here. Um, look, I don't know if he did it because he was forced by a studio to to come up with something. Mm. Uh, he may have been hired for that specific reason, and this is what he came up with. But it was just a poor poor package all round. Yeah. And again, not the actor's fault in this case, wasn't it? Um, no, no. Look, <laughs> um, you have some blame. There's some blame there, <laughs> but I think when you're stuck with that. The problem with with the great thing about Freddie was he was he was almost silent in the first one. Yeah, it's almost like Pinker was made halfway through the Freddie cycle, so he was yeah. quipping and shit already. I think from what I remember, there was a lot of ham as well. There was a bit Pinker. of ham. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Freddie was silent in the first one or that it was more just. They were restrained with him. Yeah, there were. They, well, like not necessarily like silent, but yeah, he, yeah didn't, like, he did not say a lot. Like we talked about in the in the movie uh, in the um, Elm Street podcast, it wasn't that he didn't talk. He actually probably spoke a fair bit when he was on the screen, mm. but he was only on the screen for 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, so I think that was probably the the thing about Freddie. They were more restrained with him, and then the next movies came along, and there was more Freddie. But but exactly time. exactly as we found out with the Freddie franchise, the more Freddie, the more he became a hero. The more he spoke, yeah. the more screen time he was getting. Well, um, like the I pinker said, situation is: we skip Elm Street's one and two, we start at probably three or four. Yeah, Pinker's sort of where Elm Street four was. I don't think. Yeah, look, what I'm saying, I guess, is I don't think it's that he spoke any less. I think mm. it's that the opportunities to speak were not there because he wasn't on screen as much. Yeah, and, and they were working yeah. a bit more outside of all the with all the other characters. Yeah, and in the next one, yeah, further down the track, like you said, he's front and centre all the time and he's quipping and all that sort of stuff. And Horace Pinker seemed to be that from the get-go. Yeah, yeah. He recall. was quipping and he was carrying on and it just, it, none of it worked. And I was kind of disappointed because I remember when that came out and we, you would have been like we, 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 you know, we were obviously horror fans and Freddy Krueger was, was big and this movie was trumpeting from the creator of Freddy Krueger. So you got sold by, I by got a sold trailer by again. I got sold by a load of bullshit. <laughs> you saw the no, trailer? I actually got sold by a, a video case cover because oh, it, right. it was on the front of and the case. And it said, Where's Craven? Yeah, and it talked about the Nightmare new Freddy Krueger yeah. or something. Mm. So I got stiff there. Did. I was like, oh, baby, what, the, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> So, I, yeah, they got me. Yeah. On to your next one. My next one. 
<sighs> so this one's a little bit random. And to be quite honest, I can't remember it that vividly. But I'm going to go with Rawhead Rex. <laughs> now, I know Good. there's... <laughs> there, was, there was a big story behind that, yeah, wasn't there? Yeah, a bit of a story. For starters, I'm not a... Um, I'm not a fan of Clive Barker. No. Uh, I don't read, I've never read his books and anything like that. So I'm looking at the character regardless of, you know, you know I, I'm looking at it without any of that backstory in books and things like that because I never read that. Hmm. All I ever saw was, was the movie. And <laughs> the backstory was that we were, I think we were on a, on a holiday. We were in Melbourne. In, Mel, in Melbourne. The with, World Cup was on. Yeah, the World, Cup, World was Cup was on. Few beverages being consumed. There was a few. And we were Luke was living with a bike called Lars Person. <laughs> Lars Person. <laughs> Jared uh, continued to call him Lars Person after we had a few beverages. Uh, never proven. Yeah. Um, but I woke up on the couch in the undies <laughs> next morning wondering what's going on. I think I woke well, up with said a about that. bottle in front of me or something. <laughs> but yeah, on this particular trip, which, you know, it might speak more to us not being of sound mind at that particular mm. time, we were we were itching for a for a couple of shit movies to watch. Basically. We did the five for five. We did the five <laughs> weeklies for five bucks. Uh, we came home, there was some VCR issues, so we spent about <laughs> 45 minutes taking the screws off. Um, Took it out, blew twisty it. things that we didn't know. We didn't know what they were. We just said, "What if we? What if we wiggle this a little bit? What if we tap that?" Um, and then, you know, we we opened the tapes and blew on it and all that sort of stuff. Well, that well, that was a classic. Um, that's <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, classic starter. Yeah, blow just open it, it, blow on it, put, put it back, back in. Oh, it should work. <laughs> that's what I like. So obviously, uh, you know, our technical uh, expertise. Doesn't just you know go for computers. It spreads no, to all no. electronics. We're experts in all of them. Yep. But yeah, we took about half a day to get anything working on the VCR. And then where we did, I believe Rawhead Rex was the first one on there. <laughs> um, and so the backstory probably <laughs> the backstory probably builds up to it. Yeah. We were after a, you know we were looking for a, a, a horror flick after half a day of trying. Mm. So you know. Our, we were at Fever Pitch, and then we've got into Rawhead Rex, and I remember the first time we saw him, one of the blokes was watching it's piped up and said, Rawhead's got a mullet. <laughs> you know, that was it. That was probably the end of it for Rawhead Rex. We couldn't be uh, we couldn't be frightened by him. We couldn't be... No. There was nothing nothing for us to, to be scared of there. And I believe um, Lars Person joined the action that day too, didn't he? Yeah, possibly. He sat through Rawhead yeah, Rex. he sat through Rawhead Rex. Loved every minute. Loved every minute. I think... There was a lot of laughs to be had. Yeah, there was a lot of laughs to be had. Through that 90 minutes. There was. There was a lot of laughs to be had. I think I, why I put him on the list too is I recall it being one of those examples of kind of just every time you saw him, you were sort of laughing because it was almost like a fun park special effect. Yeah. It had LED eyes lighting up. It had, you know, kind of a jaw that just kind of opened halfway and then yeah, shut. And it was basically it, like yeah. a mask. Yeah, it was. It looked terrible. And so we were just, we spent the whole movie giggling, basically. It wasn't, please correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't Rawhead Rex running around with his Rawhead dick hanging out the whole time? <laughs> it's like he was in the nick. He, he, he wasn't covered by anything. He wasn't a monster. He was a half-man thing. 
Oh, yeah, he was. A, he was a half. He wasn't. Monster. He wasn't a monster. Like he was a monster, but he, he wasn't a like a four legged monster or anything like that. He was a, a human being. Look, I, I don't remember his old fella hanging out. Yeah. Maybe that's because I was too busy <laughs> laughing at the mask or something. But. <laughs> That was just a. That was an awful film too. Yeah. I think all round there was big problems with that. As I said, personal list. So the personal angle probably adds a bit to it. That every time I think about Rawhead Rex, I laugh at it looking pretty terrible. But then I giggle at the fact that we we unscrewed the VCR and did all that sort Spent of stuff. Spent all this time just fucking to get around to, just to get to Rawhead Rex. Just to get to watch this movie, and then somehow we stumbled upon something that made it work. Yes. And we kind of wish we hadn't. I believe we also watched The Prowler. Yeah, we did. Yes. Personal choice for me, going towards action films this time. And and, and I don't know if I'd call this controversial, but it's a good it's, – it's, yeah, it's an action film that most people love. Commando. Hmm. Bennett. Welcome back, John. So glad you could make it. The Australian guy? Is he He's Australian, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Just, he's supposed to be, I think he's supposed to be Special Forces or something. <laughs> so is Arnie. Arnie's meant to be Special Forces. So yeah. is Bennett. Yep. It's chalk and cheese, mate. Yeah. It's chalk and cheese. They, they When they square off, it's fucking laughable. <laughs> it is. Bennett was on the Australian hot dog eating table <laughs> or something. <laughs> he Here's had a bit of a this guy dressed like, I don't know. He should be at a fetish club. He's got one of those chainmail shirts on. And a piece of chain. Yeah. And he's got the um, Freddie Mercury-style moustache and stuff going. And him and Arnie square off. He's this pudgy little... He's like like a gut and man tits. And here's Arnie just muscled up to the max. You know, greased up. And they're both standing there with knives. You're thinking... Ah, he's got a candy be his fucking ass in like two seconds. Yeah, but the camera has 10 pounds, you know. Uh, but how many cameras are on him? Yeah, the, uh, the, um, it's, the it's, disparity between, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to match up with Arnie anyway. That's right. I remember we were laughing at, you know, um, Carl Weathers, who was in pretty good shape when him and Arnie did the kind of, <laughs> you know, the, yeah. the handshake sort of bit at the start of Predator and it, I mean, it looks like Arnie's shaking hands with Gary Coleman or something. <laughs> He's just massive. Um, so it's probably not the best to, to compare with, to start with, but then when you get a bloke who's, let's just say, he's a little below peak fitness. fitness. A little. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. He's a long way below peak fitness. And the problem with that type of villain is even if you – Put in your in your script that or your, in your film that Bennett gets the upper hand. Nobody's going to believe it. Like you're just yeah. not going to buy it, no matter what they serve up. You know, and if Bennett, you put- Bennett would throw a couple of punches, then fucking get down at the horses, sucking the big <laughs> ones. <laughs> yeah, he's just he was just it's just there's such a disparity between the villain and the hero. Yeah, and. Even though Bennett's kind of, I don't even know if he's quite the the front villain. Mm. He's almost like you. He's half the front villain because there's another villain, a drug dealer, I think, involved. He's kind of your henchman, 
but he's a bit more front and centre for henchmen. There's a fight in that movie between Arnie and Bill Duke. Yep. Far more believable. Well, that's Far the, more believable. I mean, if you say that he's special forces or whatever, whatever Bennett was, you've actually still got to make it look like he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the director of that just went, even if it's something like... Um, Don't worry about it, it'll be fine. Even if it's something like Lethal Weapon, you know, Gary Busey, when he just does something like... Busey had the acting ability. Yeah, yeah. No matter what you think of him now, <laughs> he did have the yeah, acting ability. Yeah, but that ability. was before he was stealing meatloaf's fucking paintbrushes and shit. Well, yeah. Uh, I might but, find you know, that on YouTube and put it on Facebook. Not <laughs> only that, but they don't they don't have him getting around in, in revealing sort of <laughs> outfits, but they also lay, lay out that... Uh, you know, the bit about, you know, when yeah, he's burning his arm and stuff like that. They, so they lay out that he is tough. That's sort of can... textbook how you make a bloke look tough, even if he may not be, you mm. know, and Bennett probably wasn't. Yeah, they should have had Bennett dressed in, in head to toe, you know, long sleeve khaki, long sleeve, <laughs> like, you know. Black, slimy. Yeah. <laughs> long sleeves, everything. <laughs> and make sure, you know, he's, he's sucking in the gut. Yeah. yeah. It, it, just, it just wasn't a good look. No. Next. I'm up next. I'm going to go with Jack Frost. One cold night, science and evil collide. <laughs> Is this the one with the, the fucking snowman? Yeah. And he's in the Bahamas? Yeah. I saw the sequel. No, the sequel. I saw the sequel in the Bahamas. I think I saw the first one as well. I, why I watched the sequel after I'd seen the first <laughs> one, God knows. I don't know. I don't know. It was on late at night. I, was, I don't know. <laughs> I must have been up. desperate. I must have been desperate for something to watch. But it's just... Isn't it styrofoam every time you see it? Oh. <laughs> it was something like that. But it's just, it's terrible. Uh, I'm, I'm all for a bit of a, I'm all for a movie that's going to take the piss a little bit. But this one, I don't know. For starters, it looked bad. It was a stupid idea. <laughs> but... It didn't even seem to have the right bit of sort of humour about it. I think there was attempts at humour, but there was also attempts at kind of actually making this thing scary. Mm. That was never on because it was never going to be scary. And, you know, you've got the Shannon Elizabeth scene as well. That's just tasteless. Was that says difficult to watch? There's a bloke who's watching a movie about a bloody killer snowman, but yeah. I mean, Jesus, even I've got bloody... <laughs> Only <Even> just... <laughs> but you've got... Even I've some... got levels yeah. here that... Acceptab- levels of acceptability. Yeah, is that shit difficult to watch? Or is it just stupid? Yeah, it's it's pretty shit to watch. Yeah? Yeah, very, actually. Yeah, I just think... I mean, there were points where they took themselves way too seriously. Uh, and that sounds... That sounds absolutely stupid when I'm talking about Jack Frost, but there was points where it seemed like they wanted to kind of seriously be a bit scary, and that was just not going to happen. Yeah, I just remember it as an extremely low point in in your in, movie, in watching, movie watching. Yeah, so Jack Frost gets a run there. My next pick's a controversial one. It's Leatherface. From the Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. He's just a grinning, giggling idiot who is at the beck and call of these fucking weirdos that he lives with. And that's, to me, that's not. 
that's not a quality villain. That he's not really the villain in a way. He's just yeah. this dickhead who's in the background. Go get him, Leatherface. You know, like while we, the rest of the family sits around and pulls their pud and carries on. Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two is still fresh in my mind. Remember, I only watched it yeah. recently. Yeah, so did I. And it was fucking diabolical. <laughs> yeah, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> Look, out of the sort of iconic slashes, Leatherface for me is is bottom of the barrel yeah. because personally, I don't think there's a real good film in there at all. I know a lot of people just absolutely cherish the first one. They absolutely love it. Me, I I don't kind of get the... I, I see why it's got its place, but I don't kind of get the love affair with it. And mm. I, One thing I'll give Leatherface in that one is I think he looked... He really looked great. Yeah. Um, and he was pretty, pretty creepy. But, I mean, parts two, three, new generation... Sorry, next generation... Um, the remake was all right, but yeah, the, the, uh, the prequel after that, and then the the new one, what's the, the prequel, the reimagining, what are we up with? We're getting a prequel to the fucking sequel or something. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting, we're getting I think all we'll this get stuff, a remake to the sequel. Basically, with out a, of, you know, side order of fucking something or other. Yeah, yeah. Out of all those movies, I don't think there's a classic amongst them. Look, you know what? The only time it was remotely scary was in the remake. Yeah. I, I kind of like the remake. The original, I think I've softened on, I, I, I do... I do quite like it now, but I, I still just don't see it in that same same light as a lot of people that think it's just a, a, a classic classic bit of cinema. I'm not quite there. The problem with Leatherface, as opposed to Michael or Jason, is he's surrounded by fucking idiots. It's a, no, well, he you got this family. He he's not man, the main man, and he's not the he's not a villain that could potentially become a hero like uh, a Michael or a Jason. Yeah. Because there's a grimy, seedy element to the whole thing. Well, even the hero element. I mean, I've never been, never necessarily cheered for for Jason and Michael. I do kind of enjoy the inventive kills and things like that they come up with. I do find it scarier when they're working on their own. Mm. It's kind of like Leatherface throughout the whole series has his own uh, cult of thorn running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go, just fucking go and sort this shit out. Yeah, uh... So I, th- I agree with you in that point. I mean, honestly, the guy's fucking not hasn't got enough brain capacity to run the toaster. He shouldn't be fucking handling <laughs> chainsaws. <laughs> so you know, it's just it's one of these characters that I, I can't understand the love affair with. No, um, and I don't really find the character in any way, shape, or form interesting. <laughs> As a villain, as anything in this this series. Well, I think the returns. I mean, the, the critical reception to most of the movies would probably back you up. Yeah, they find it hard to actually make this character work. Yeah. Well, the man they managed to churn out how many? The six. The six, no seven. Seven. Yeah. yeah, there's been seven, and there's another one on the way. So the one with Ethan Hawke. No, I think he was attached briefly. He dropped. But I don't think he's. I don't. Think hey, he, he walked past the script yeah, <laughs> one yeah, day, yeah. and they said, "Hawks attached." And he went, <laughs> "What?" He's straight on the phone to his agent. Yeah. What the fuck? But I think they've attached. Uh, they've attached the the pair that directed Inside. Inside? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I like that approach. That's it, it's worked previously with things like Hills Have Eyes when they went and got mm. Alex Arger, and mm. so you know. 
who knows? They might come up with something, but so far, I, I, yeah, he didn't make my bottom five. But I can't really, uh, I can't really sort of throw a staunch disagreement no, in a way. No, okay. What's your last one? Last one. Uh, I'm going to go back to superhero movies. Um, there was probably some some action ones to think about. I mean, I've thought about things like the robot from RoboCop three, and uh, but he doesn't really like have much. He's not to really, do, yeah, he? he's not really a main villain. Um, uh, I've thought about uh, a, a few things, but I think I landed on the Riddler. The Riddler in Batman Forever. If only some something had landed on him, <laughs> yeah. um, like the fucking side of a building or something. Yeah, this for me just prime example of. It's kind of the same as Mister Freeze. But it's a prime example of not knowing what the what the sort of tone of the thing is. It was kind of like you were watching the Batman sixty six series. Yeah, but. They were trying to make it, you know, do a serious but, take on. But the guy who played portrayed the original in Batman sixty six was more restrained. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, Jim Carrey was. That was the problem was, too. They they picked Carrey up at the height of his his Ace Ventura persona. Yeah. So so he wasn't giving you anything fresh. He, Don't get we me were seeing that the guy can act in. I mean, I've, uh, I'm a big fan of Summer Carey's work. I mean, you oh. and I, you and I are probably number one and two fan oh, in the fan club for me myself. Oh, yeah. um, Don't worry, I, I, I see where he, he where he fits in, and he, and he was doing those sort of movies. They work for him. Yeah, but this stuff they didn't. You didn't need the fucking ham fisted, sort of over the top kind of. Stuff he gave, yeah, it's it was partially too Joel Schum- Schumacher's fault and too was, because he should have been saying, "Man, just calm down." It was just so confused. There was one in the, I mean, there was one. Val Kilmer was kind of playing it straight down the line in a, in a lot of those those scenes, and then they had, you know, there was one where Carey was blubbering away about you know getting fired from his job or something, and it was just so ridiculous. It was like you were watching it. It was like you were watching a Looney Tunes. Mm. Cartoon and then playing it off against Kilmer, who was kind of stone faced. Yeah, he's dead. It's sort of like it just just doesn't work at all. And then you know the the, the bit where Carey's thrusting the hips and fireworks <laughs> going on. Like it just yeah, bad memories all around. <laughs> I believe um, I believe Tommy. Fuck, Lee... I'm going over to crawl up into the fetal position. I think Tommy Lee Jones might have been in my corner too, because apparently he spent the whole movie telling Jim Carrey, "I, I fucking hate what you do. <laughs> You're a terrible actor." <laughs> All this sort of stuff. So <laughs> he'd obviously seen the dailies. <laughs> yeah, but then again, he turned in a pretty shocking performance. Yeah, that's himself. right. He was on the cusp too. The fucking yeah, sack. he was on the cusp. Special mention too. If we're going with special mentions. I've got to give a special mentions to Jamie Foxx in, in Amazing Spider-Man <clears> 2. <throat> Electro. It was horrendous. God, that Ooh. whole sort of, you know, that whole stereotypical nerd act before he actually turned into Electro. And I just can't get over licking his licking his hand and then rubbing it through his hair and stuff like that. It talking to himself. Talking to himself. Just, just rubbish. Disgrace. Disgrace. <laughs> My final one from a Seagal flick. Sequel. Mm. Right. It's a character called Travis Dane from Under Siege 2. Right. 
If you remember the original Under Siege, you had Tommy Lee Jones, you had Gary Busey, a couple yep. of good actors. Yep. Um, look, their villains weren't exactly top of the pops, but they were decent enough. And the good actors in the villain roles counterbalanced the shit acting in the hero <laughs> role. Under Siege 2 decided to bring us in this nerdy guy who would, who had sort of he, he knew the computer system and all this kind of crap that they were doing to to fire this satellite and yet he had a group of thugs around him. Did he say things like you've downloaded the computer? And- no, no, he didn't quite say that, <laughs> but he did crap on about being in dark territory, <laughs> which is what the, the movie's fucking tagline was or whatever. And, again, he was a villain with real, really no, nothing much to do other than to spout bullshit about computers and stuff like that. Then you had this secondary henchman type and the group of thugs they had that Cigar was there to break necks and, you know, kick balls and do all that stuff that he does He does well. Yep. And by the end of it, when we finally get to the he, – he set up the computer to fire this, this um, satellite thing that will just nuke an entire city – and he, he looks at Seagal and goes how, do I, Seagal goes, how do I stop it? And he goes, you can't stop it. And he's holding this laptop with like a fucking phone or something attached to it. And Seagal just goes, and shoots the fucking laptop. <laughs> and it just, everything just stops. The, the satellite just goes, it's like, what the fuck? I think there's something here about Steven Seagal and computers. Everything we've seen of him with that, that involves a computer shows a fairly, uh, fairly <laughs> rudimentary, uh, rudimentary knowledge. knowledge. <laughs> Technology. Uh, yeah. Cigars, you know, Seagal sees a computer, he punches it. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that fixes the problem. That's what I love about Cigar films, though. Everything's so fucking easy. It's simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hang on. Uh, the director goes, listen, what he's done is he set this whole thing in motion. We need to work out how to... Why don't I just shoot it? Yep. Sounds good. Whatever. <laughs> let's go. We're fucking burning money here. Let's get this going. Yeah, so it was. it's one of those very blah sort of villains for an action film. Very similar to, um, a special mention, Willem Dafoe in Speed 2. Yeah. Another one of these fucking weird villains with, you know, Strange motives and... You didn't like the flowing locks? I, I didn't like the flowing lock. Defoe is picking up... <laughs> you can see the paycheck hanging out of his pocket. Defoe <laughs> looks a bit weird. Any Anyway, yeah. and you add the long hair and you just... There's something off. There's something really off there. And this is the thing. I'll tell you what shits me, just with regards to some of these villains. Just one thing that shits you. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've already unloaded many uh, across the 17 or so episodes we've done. But I hate it when they hire top-notch actors and then just give them this pile of shit to, to work with. And that's the situation with Defoe in Speed 2. So here, here's a computer. Stephen's going to kick it. That's the end of it. <laughs> That's all you've got to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, these these guys come along to the director and they go, "Listen, I've gone a bit method. You know, I've spent the last couple of months working as a computer analyst, <laughs> getting to know this kind of technology. Don't worry about it. Steve <laughs> is just going to hit you a lot. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, oh, you didn't uh, you didn't charge that to us, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Have you read the script? Uh, 
Oh, so, so I basically just get hit in the face? Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. that's it. What I hate is when you hire a really good actor and basically you give him not much to do and essentially that's why they take paycheck films. These guys take paycheck films because they think, well, fuck, I'll just have a... I'll just do very little. There's not much more for me to do here. I'm playing the villain. I'll froth at the mouth. I'll give you half of what I'm capable of. <laughs> but it'll be enough. And that's that's lazy. All right. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. That doesn't happen in horror films, though. No, no. Usually it's bottom of the barrel. There's no such thing as a paycheck in horror films. (laughs) That's right, a budget between one and three million. There's not a lot of paychecks in that. So it's not, they're they're not, you know, asking great actors to lower themselves for a a $15 million paycheck. (laughs) They're begging them to come in for 10 minutes and, you know, we'll give you 10 grand or something. That's right. That's our fives. Worst movie villains. Mm-hmm. Keep listening over the next few weeks and we'll chuck a few more at you. But uh, other than that, take it easy and keep watching movies. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.